It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And the man whose burning heart is just about to burst. And he has the eye of the tiger. It's Murray. Yo. Hello, Adrian. Murray. Adrian. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. This week on the podcast, we talk about the only two movies left. Well, sorry, three movies uh, we had not seen in theaters and that we're playing what's coming out next week in cinemas, which is not a lot. <laughs> Some streaming, Open Rage, Merman Minute, The List, Rage or Dare, and then we sign off and hope and pray for new movies to come out until next week. Mm. But first, yes. we're going to remind everybody of All the Horror at All the Horror 18 on Twitter and Instagram. Check out scaresthatcare.org. There will be some new t shirts from All the Horror 18, which need your money because all the money that's made from the All the Horror um, podcast festival that's happening in October goes to scaresthatcare.org, which is a fantastic charity. So check it out and buy some merch. All right. What did we see in theaters? Well, Jim, uh, we saw Alive, uh, which was actually made in 2018. It's just playing now, though, in the Canyon Meadows. And I guess it's actually been released in a couple different places just recently. So this is actually... Surprise! Yeah, so... This is what we're getting! It took a while, but uh, it made it to theaters. Yay! Yay! It's actually kind of... It's a local production. Yay! Even more yay! Yeah! Uh, So... Go Calgary! Yeah! Uh, alive. The movie started and it looked strangely familiar. Uh, I found myself trying to decide if this was something I had actually already seen or was this a remake of something I had already seen. It basically took me till the end to figure out that I indeed did see this. You mean when I looked it up and told you it was playing at Sif? No, I, I kind of figured out if it was. Anyways, I'm like, where did I see it? And then we figured that out. I actually saw the world premiere, as you just mentioned, a couple of years back at the Calgary International Film Festival. Anyway, that should tell you all you need to know. The fact that it took me so long to figure out I'd already seen this tells you what I thought of it. Having said all that, there is a lot of good in this movie. Uh, it's about two people who w- wake up incapacitated as a caretaker who definitely has some sort of medical training, nurses them back to health. Uh, if there is a reason to watch this, it is the performance of Angus McFadden. As he steals the show as our caretaker, he has some genuine laugh-out-loud moments while staying consistently creepy throughout. This film could have easily been a mondo had it not tried to do too much. There are some great scenes in this, and there are some not-so-great scenes in this. Once the story moves out of the hospital, it really starts to come off the rails. A lot of squandered potential here. This should have been better. Meh. Frankenstein meets Saw meets Hostel meets Canadian film. Locally made Calgary film. The sound effects in this movie were amazing. Not normally something you would start out with for a review, but the sound was so great, it instantly made me start to fall in love with this film. The IV pulling, when he's pulling out the IV, like, you don't get gush. Yeah, like that. Nope. On he give this director gives good gush, good gush, and good sound yeah. of gush. Yeah. Uh, so Robert Grant, uh, you did a great job here. Absolutely. By the way, uh, on on your sound, it was amazing. Uh, the gushy, bloody, messy sounds as he drags himself along the hallway in the first ten minutes. I was hooked. This has some juicy, juicy gushy delicious sound effects that keep you super engaged and on the edge of your seat for the first half of this movie first half was good the grimy icky gooey mess which was pretty much the whole movie scenery was awesome and kept the gross factor high from the start of the film i loved this um that i like i wasn't 
as I was watching it, I, I really loved the immersion that it gave you into the world that this guy was creating. So to your point, up until the part where they get out of the house, yeah, I I was fully engaged in this movie. I it was loving like a every hospital. moment. Was it. it a hospital? I, I thought it was. A I th- hospital. It was probably a hospital. I'm not sure, it, but it's kind of weird that you had a completely abandoned hospital. But I, it seemed I pretty it weird that that size of a hospital too would be yeah. in the middle of the mountains because it definitely wasn't like an apartment complex. It was <laughs> maybe it was kind of like. Um, what do they call that? Like the old, old days of the 1920s where they threw all the mental patients. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that was what it was. And they kept, you know what? Why not keep it in the middle of the mountains in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Sounds like a good place for it. Um, I wasn't sure I liked the double and or triple endings. Mm-hmm. I like the journey a lot, but not enough to give this a Mondo. Uh, I feel seven minutes in editing... Kind of like that seven minutes in heaven as a teenager. We talked about this after. Absolutely. Would have made this a Mondo. There was probably just a a couple of scenes and a couple of things that you could have taken out seven or eight minutes. And it would have been so much better. I think it would have been, I could have been perfect with the the perfect uh, sense of editing. Um, There was, uh, hmm. I thought, as we got closer to the end of the film, when they had left and they, had, they were on this journey together, the two of them, so we say the characters, I really did love the fact that you kind of don't really know what's happening until the end. That part I did kind of like. Yep. Um, all in all, I would recommend that people see this, especially if you're from Canada, because it's a really good Canadian film. Yeah, and if you just like a good, gory, fun movie, it, it fits the bill. Yeah, I mean, you get enough... <laughs> As I said, it gets a gooey, messy, local Mary Shelley meh. Yep. And I won't say anything else because that pretty much gives a few things away. It does. (laughs) Don't even have to read between the lines. No, you do not. Okay. We also saw uh, the personal history of David Copperfield. Oh, we sure did. A modern take on Charles Dickens' classic tale of the young orphan. Who is able to triumph over many obstacles? Directed by Armando Iannucci. Stars um, Dev Patel, Hugh Laurie, and Tilda Swinton. I want to start with saying I finally came to the conclusion of what my third favorite genre is. Yes. Fantasy. This was definitely fantasy. This was fantasy. And I've decided... This was, this was a period piece fantasy, though, Jim. It was. It was. So now that is, that's out of the way. This movie is, for the most part, a fantasy movie. Along the lines of, say, Big Fish or the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Absolutely. The characters are so well-developed. like, And I mean so well-developed. Yep. The dialogue is funny and quick and intelligently written. Even when it's pretending to be subclass or, as mentioned in the film different dialects i thoroughly enjoyed every moment of this film tilda swinton as betsy trotwood and daisy may cooper as peggotty were mesmerizing in their secondary roles stealing the scenes from anyone they were beside but not in a bad way nope and our boy dev patel i love this kid so much he is surely back on the road to being undoubted. This film gets a character-driven period piece. Yes, I know. Fun-loving journey to happiness, heartwarming Mondo. My favorite lines, worth lines, plural. This is a tolerable, nice piece of rump or pretty much anything that Hugh Laurie said through the entire movie. No kidding. Yep. All right. I tend to agree with you, Jim. Uh, This was delightful. Bravo to the multi-ethnic casting in this. In a weird way, it breathes some extra life into this period piece that takes place in the mid-1800s. Yeah, I want to talk we, more about that we when you're finished. We I didn't, want to talk more about that. We didn't get blinded by the white, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, yes, I want to talk more. Keep going. Yes. Uh, Dev, Dev Patel as Copperfield was an excellent bit of casting. Um, also in this were Hugh Laurie and Tilda Swinton, both turning in performances that had me laughing out loud throughout. The film ticks along at a brisk pace and is a feast for the eyes with its fantastic set designs. This was a unique interpretation of a classic novel. I loved every second of this. This was Mondo. Yeah, you know, um, I just want to bring that up. Thanks for bringing that up, because I wasn't sure how 
to, to sort of properly bring this across. People need to realize that this movie has done something to uh, equalize all races yep. in this movie. And it's something that at, when it first happens, you're kind of like, you're almost, what? what's, you're what's like, going on? Because, and they did you're it almost, so well yep. because Dev Patel's character, obviously he's of Indian descent, yep. and his his mom, who you get to meet, but you don't get to see his dad. His mom is white Couldn't or be Caucasian. <laughs> so you're like, okay, she's pasty Brit and he's Indian. You're kind of like, okay, well, maybe his dad is also Indian. You find out halfway through the movie then no his dad is not indian his dad is pasty white british as well exactly. so you're kind of thinking to yourself okay so what's the deal here is he adopted is he not adopted and that, like it takes you or i should say people in general i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that people who see this would fail the same way yep. that you're watching this and you instantly sort of think something's wrong or they were adopted or this was this but no. So after the first time, you're kind of like, okay, I still don't get it. But then they introduce another character where she's pasty white and her dad is Asian. And, yep. and then you're going, okay, I get it. They didn't cast people for anything other than their skill. So it was fantastic. And then when it happened again, pasty white son, <laughs> yep. super, super black mom. <laughs> yep. And they all of the, the characters that they developed for this were freaking amazing they were kudos to the casting director kudos for them making this I've, film i've never seen anybody cast like this and no you know what? never it was fantastic yeah it was i want to see more things like this yeah. like you just you go to the movie theater and you're like yeah i can't see anybody else playing that role <laughs> exactly. like dev patel like could Perfect. you see anybody no, no. i could have played that it was he was it he yeah. was david copperfield and in my mind david copperfield will always be an indian born man yes <laughs> That's just what it's going to be from now on. And you know what, Jim? Why not? Exactly. Cool. I loved All it. All right. So now I'm just going to blow through a couple of films that I saw. <laughs> just happened to go and see. And then I'm going to talk in depth about another one. All right. If you don't mind, Jim. I don't mind anything. I saw a few movies that you did not. That's uh, true. We're going to start with Military Wives. Uh, it's playing at Canyon Meadows. And uh, yeah. Based on a on the true story of military wives who form a choir while their partners are serving in Afghanistan. It is very formulaic. It was not as bad as I thought it might be, but it was still not great. Uh, though through a series of events, these women find themselves invited to perform at the Royal Albert Hall in London. This is where the climax of the film takes place. There are glimpses of the stress involved in having your partner in a war zone. And I do admit that I found myself caring for these for the characters involved as they tried to occupy themselves to avoid dwelling on the dangers that their spouses were facing. This is one of those movies, honestly, though, that I'll probably forget I saw in the next year or two. <laughs> it wasn't awful. It was meh. But if you ask me in two or three years about military wives, I'll say, huh? It's like Calendar Girls uh, or like The Full Monty or yeah, another one of those. Yeah. Brit was it British? Uh, it was indeed. Oh, yeah. there you go. So yes. another one where they can't figure out an original script, so they kind of just throw another yeah, it, it, something in as and I make say, it something it, the that, same. It's so followed a formula that we've seen. <laughs> Thank so God many I didn't times. see it. Thank you for but, not bringing me to that. But it had Kristen Scott Thomas in it, which is always good to see her. Agreed. I'm a little surprised she chose to be in this movie, but it, well, honestly, now we know she it was a bit of fluff. I didn't hate it. Eh. You need to start eh. hating more fluff. I know. <laughs> So, uh, I also saw Fisherman's Friends, and we'll blow through this as well. Uh, also based on a true story, <laughs> uh, this tells the tale of Fisherman from Cornwall, who gets signed by Universal Records singing copyright-free sea shanties. This almost sounds like the same movie, but with... <laughs> the How is this different? Singing copyright-free sea shanties, which led to a top 10 hit in the UK. Kind of a cool story. Um, however, this movie turned into a cliche-heavy, silly romantic comedy. Uh, this absolutely should have been presented as a comedy, as the characters involved in the situation and the situation really leads itself to laughs. But why, once again, do we take a relatively interesting story and bog it down with a silly budding romance? Having said that, this movie does have a lot of, have its merits. The acting is solid, especially from those cast as a fisherman's friends, where James Purefoy. David Heyman and David Johns were standouts. Uh, these guys are just really good actors. Yeah. 
There were some laughs, but ultimately the film is stalled by the romance between the flashy A&R guy from the big city and the daughter of one of the fisherman's friends. This was among the many silly side stories that did not need to be in this film. Why is it we can't focus on the actual story? Had they done that, it would have been a far better movie. Probably still would have been an excellent movie, but it would have been better. Um, still, the characters were very likable, so I'm still going to give it a meh. Oh, oh, I already hate it. I hate everything about it, and I haven't even seen it. Yeah, you'd probably hate it. <laughs> okay, and now the movie I'm actually excited, excited to, to talk, talk about. about. But so, you also gave it a No, no I did <laughs> Don't. Let's not have a spoiler here. No, I, 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 think, I think I might have mondoed this, but I guess we'll have to wait till the end of the review. Now, now I'm excited. Could it be a man? Could it be a mondo? Anyways, I saw the 800, uh, which... Uh, was really good. In 1937, 800 Chinese soldiers. It was actually 420. 800 Chinese soldiers. It counted. I did. I <laughs> counted each and every one of them, and there was 420, <laughs> not 800. In 1937, 800 Chinese soldiers hold back the Japanese army while under siege from a warehouse in the middle of the Shanghai battlefield. This was filmed entirely with IMAX cameras. However, for some reason... I was not able to see it in IMAX at the cinema, even though they have an IMAX screen at the cinema I went to. But I digress. From the opening moments, you could tell at the very least this was going to be a visual experience as the camera work was fantastic. We open with a visual of the devastation of Da Chang and the camera moves to the warehouse where a bulk of the movie takes place. It is gray and damp and deserted. And then the camera moves back beyond the warehouse and we see across the creek is the international settlement where there are bright lights of the signs of restaurants, theaters, and hotels, and appears to be a normal bustling city. It is from here we see people going about their daily lives while periodically looking across the creek to see what is going on at the warehouse where there's a war going on and people are dying. Very shocking to see these two very Contrast. different experiences existing literally across the creek from one another. This movie is very good at showing the sacrifice these soldiers and even some of the citizens of the international settlement uh, actually undertake. It is a powerful movie and a hard watch at times. My one complaint is it has some unneeded humor sprinkled throughout. I know it's an attempt to give us a breather from the devastation, but it felt out of place and forced at times. Mm. But that's a minor complaint. Tremendous story worth telling combined with a very good cast and superior cinematography and direction make this movie a mondo. I suggest going Sweet. to see it. I will go see it. It sounds awesome. All right. and uh, That was it? That's that, all? The, that's all I that's saw. Everything. I just saw three extra ones. <laughs> just three. No, just no, three. No it was a deal. long weekend. It was a long weekend. I shouldn't have watched all the boys. <laughs> Did you watch all the boys? I watched the ones that were released, but mm -hmm. I won't talk more about that. No, that's TV. So what's playing next weekend? Apparently, nothing. just one movie called no, no, there's Brotherhood. More. <laughs> Brotherhood. And in 1926, a band of teenage boys arrive at Long Point Camp for the adventure of their lives. Everything about this sounds homoerotic. Sounds erotic. Quite sexual. When their canoe capsizes in a freak summer storm, mm. their holiday descends into a soul-saddening fight for survival. Directed and written by Richard Bell. Sounds sexy. Sounds very sexy. Even, even the fact that they have this giant phallic canoe that they're all riding on together. I am excited to see that just for that and that alone. There you go. I will say that there's, I think, three other movies that are coming out this weekend, which all happen to be romances. So I'm just going to leave it at that because this could possibly form the heart of my rage. Possibly could, eh? Possibly could, <laughs> but I'll leave you in suspense. Stay tuned. There's Stay no suspense. tuned. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely going to happen. Okay, well, you know what? Let's it? dance. All right, let's dance. <laughs>
Streaming. Motherfucking streaming. We were just streaming. And Bryce, we did what? Streaming. Murray, did you stream some stuff? Did you watch some movies on your TV? No streaming. Except for maybe some TV streaming. So, we saw Unknown Origins. Origins? Origins on the Netflix. That would be Unknown Origins for those of you who speak English. It's only because it said Madrid. I was thinking Mandarin Oranges. Ah. But it's not. No. It's from Madrid, not Mandarin. No, those are to- totally different. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Unknown Origins. Ah. <sighs> so, I wasn't even going to watch this. Thank God you did. Because you were... you. You put it on there, and then finally, I think Monday afternoon, I was like, fine. Football's not on yet. I'll watch it. <laughs> I'd already streamed so much, but I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to watch it. So, as I say, I was not looking forward to watching this at all. It is a story of a serial killer recreating the origin stories of superheroes, such as the Hulk, the Human Torch, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and more. How Marvel and DC Comics are not suing this production, given the bl- <laughs> given the blatant references to their property, is a little surprising. But I digress. Uh, recreating these origin stories causes death to all his victims, as most origin stories involve such things as you know as ra- radiation or venomous bites that will kill your average person. At its core, this is a buddy cop movie <laughs> with, with the misfit comic book geek and the super serious police officer forced to work together to solve the crime. <laughs> Sounds kind of silly, right? Yes! <laughs> well, doesn't stop there. <laughs> we, we also have a policewoman who's in charge of the homicide division who is like hardcore into cosplay. Yeah, baby! It is a ridiculous premise and ridiculous characters and... It was a lot of fun to watch. It's Spanish. My initial dis- <laughs> my initial disdain for this film started to get chipped away as the film rolled along. I found myself laughing because this movie was genuinely funny. The action sequences for the most part were well executed. The ending was satisfying. It had plenty of memorable memorable scenes and a reveal at the end which made sense even though it was kind of ridiculous. But that's the point. Yes, this movie was ridiculous, but it was, it was ri- intentionally it ridiculous. was ridiculous fun. I can't believe I'm saying this because I did not want to watch it at all. <laughs> this was Mondo. Oh snap! Jim knows something, doesn't he? What say you, Jim? Well, I am glad you got to see this. I actually watched this two weeks ago, all but because right. I watched it, I'm had to make you watch it. I felt like it had a real seven kind of feel to start with it, right? Yep. Almost like it was streaming that right through its consciousness through the film. Then the reference of seven later came in the movie. Yep. Of course, you you can't. It's like it's not one of those ones where like movie this just is stole dumb, stuff. and then and then stuff it was like one big steal. Yeah, um, so good though. Well played, well played. Actually, who directed this? We forgot to tell everybody. Ah uh, yes. Uh, director writer is David Galan Galindo. Maybe David Galan Galindo. That's kind of rolls off your t- screenplay by Fernando Navarro. And starring Javier Veronica, I don't know that. I don't know why you're even starting. Bray's Don't F-A? start what you can't finish, uh, Jim. You, that's your job. You fin- you're the finisher. That's, that's true, I am. So, done great writing throughout this film and built the comedy well into the film, too. It does. Like it, was, it was so layered into it. Lots of I clever little things. I actually was laughing harder Oh, as yeah, it as on. it went on. Even uh, an Easter egg at the end... The love interest with the chief was kind of dumb, and it almost ruined it for me because it was so unimportant. But because the whole movie was dumb, it wasn't focused. It was. Though. It was. Yeah. It because it was dumb, and you know, they didn't dwell on it. No, they didn't really dwell on it. It was kind of like, whatever. Eh, it's there. Yeah, that that kiss was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. but I just blocked it from my mind. Uh, favorite line. Uh, go. It's late. I need my dinner. Then I'm going to jerk off. I thought you'd love that one. Yes. All in all, this was a Mondo 
because I did like quite a few things about it. But I felt it could have had a little bit more potential. Oh, I'm no. still giving it a Mondo. Okay, yeah. But it was a lower well, Mondo. I think it could have been better. It probably could have been, but... A little bit. But I did enjoy all the way through it, so... The, 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 the advantage it had with me is I went in with... This is going to be terrible. This is going to be the most terrible movie. And even five minutes in, I was still like, okay, I still think this is going to be terrible. It literally chipped away at me, though. Like, I about 25 minutes in, I was like, I almost felt guilty for liking it. (laughs) (laughs) And by the end, I was like, I can't hide anymore. No, you can't. I'm actually enjoying it. This is so good. Yeah, it's it's had it's funny how a lot of fun. You can take what would be if this was in say a Canadian or an English speaking uh, film maker and to me it would be seem so completely tr- contrived yeah. it's it because it's a Spanish film and you know what to expect from a lot of good uh, comedic Spanish films where they poke fun at everything that it just it just came off being that much more funny how were they not sued by Marvel and DC I really? don't know <laughs> maybe they just liked the movie so much I mean, I I'll hope. let it pass I hope so <laughs> okay it's blatant so we saw Freaks, You're uh, One of Us. Uh, and I have a feeling you're not going to like this as much as I did. Das is good, yeah. German superhero movie. So we kind of saw two superhero movies back to back. Yes. What? I literally watched them back to back. Ladies who kick ass and punch dicks. Yes, daddy likes the Germans. Always brings the goods. Nice dark superhero discovering powers film had a couple problems, but they were enough that uh, you know I didn't mind it because I do love the superhero named Laser Bitch. Like if you're gonna have a superhero name, why would you not choose Laser Bitch? I mean, really? I I wouldn't choose that name. You are a laser bitch. I'm just telling you right now. I didn't say I wasn't one. I'm just saying I wouldn't choose it. Ah, okay. Superhero named Elmer? Come on. No, supervillain. Absolutely. An absolute supervillain named Elmer? Loved little tiny German things in this movie. Like Elmer's dad, after banging the shit out of his girlfriend, and he can hear it, comes into his son's room stinking of sex and you gotta be imagined that he was like totally naked when he walks in they're not showing any full frontal nudity but you can see the dad's just, he just had sex and then he walks into his kid's room and he's and he's proceeds to give him shit about completely unrelated to anything two minutes already mentioned german sex party and it wasn't it should have been mentioned because there was a a little bit of German sex body action happening here. Favorite line, why won't a female superhero dress like a worn-out dominatrix, right? Mm. Gets a German superhero meh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's what it gets. Alright, I'm gonna keep this really short. Because <laughs> this really stirred little emotion in me. Good concept, fair execution, I guess didn't really like any of the characters, which made it hard to root for any of them. Um, Not even Elmer, the bad guy? Eh, I wasn't really rooting for anyone. Um, it wasn't awful. Add it to the list of films this week that uh, I'll probably forget about <laughs> in fairly quick order. I, uh, I guess it was meh. I, I, I'm not raging All on right. it. All right. wasn't worse. Yes. You'll take it. I'll take it. The Germans are not terrible this week. Yes. I like it. I like it. All right, like let's it. get on to something of more with more substance. To I'm it, thinking of we? ending things yes. off of Netflix. Yes, and uh, so yeah, just to be. Uh, I'm not sure we mentioned the last two movies we we reviewed. Yeah, They're both all, on Netflix. All on yeah. Netflix. First yeah, yeah. All right, I'm thinking of ending things. Is the latest effort from Charlie Kaufman. It is about a woman going on a trip to meet her boyfriend's parents. That's the best I can do. Nothing in this is what it seems. It jumps between different times and places. Characters can literally change appearance from one sentence to the next. The main character of our film transforms throughout the film, both ideologically and physically. The parents go back and forth through time. They're older, then they're younger, then they're older again. There's a dance sequence towards the end. There are scenes throughout that seem to be from another movie, 
Plus, there is actually a movie inside of this movie. Yes. Apparently directed by Robert Zemeckis, which, yes! got, which got one of the biggest laughs that I've had in yeah, a movie in a me while. Too. That was a fantastic cast with Jesse Plemons, Plemons and Jesse Buckley showing that they are actors to watch. And always rock solid. David Thewlis was in this as well, along with one of my... Tony. One of my very favorite actresses, Tony Collette. Yeah. They all deliver fantastic performances here. To me, this was a movie about human connection. It was about growing older. It was about the way we remember and the way that we see ourselves. It was probably about different things to different people. And I'm not sure any of us are right. But I'm also pretty sure that none of us are wrong. I love the overall effect this film had on me, and that makes it Mondo. Oh, okay. Although Charlie Kaufman does not have a ton of direction under his belt, he does have some pretty great writing credits. I I would almost say he has written some of the greatest and mind-bending films of the last 20 years. With this, his fourth directorial offering, be prepared for your mind to be mega mind-fucked for two hours and 14 minutes. The cast is great. Uh, in this so good. In this story, it Perfect is cast. at times hard to follow, and you are trying to figure out what reality you're living in from one scene to the next scene. All in all, a very good movie. There were a few scenes in the film that I still don't understand why or what they had to do with almost anything, but that is almost a signature Kaufman trait. I did enjoy it, yes. Did I love it? What? No. Oh, I loved it. Are there going to be people who hate this film? Absolutely. This is going to be top 10 As of the year. At it, and it is not an easy to follow, and at times it's very, awesome. very very awesome. slow to go anywhere. What? The dialogue at times is very pretentious and almost at times challenging you to keep up with the level of an intellectual discussion the two main characters have, but just comes off a bit too highbrow for audiences' sakes. It was hilarious. And a little bit for annoyances' sakes. Great what? thing is it's a Canadian author who wrote the original book. It is based on gets a messed up mindfuckery high meh a i could not give it a mondo because there was times i was just sitting there going please talk about something other than this terrible on onward no No, i didn't love the dialogue no no did not love it no it gets a high meh it's mondo no it gets a meh no it's mondo no it's it's definitely I'll, not. I'd be shocked if this isn't in my top 10 of the year. I, it doesn't shock me either. I was watching this going, Bryce is going to love this because it's a movie about nothing. And that's what it was. Very Pretty much nothing. Very disappointed that you didn't I liked it. Me. I liked it. I just, there was times I was like, you need to speed it up, people. Oh, no. Speed it up. They needed to make it a half hour longer and just slow it down a little. God, I just would have looked for my scissors to cut my wrists or my hair. I think I I did cut my hair right after seeing this. I loved it. You just go on loving it. I will. We're going to talk about a movie that I loved. Can't watch. Can't wait to watch it again. Well, you just keep watching it all day long. That's the last and only time I'll watch it. We saw The Wind on Shutter. A plainswoman faces the harshness and isolation of untamed land in the western frontier of the late 1800s. This has all the makings of something I would hate. A, a period piece, and B, a western film. Mm -hmm. Director Emma Tammy, writer Teresa Sutherland, Mm -hmm. stars Caitlin Gerard, Julian Goldani, Teles, Ashley Zuckerman. Interesting story. Female director and female writer. So kudos to that. Some and, good jump scares. And the main characters are all female. Yeah. It's, it's basically all. Well, one, it's basically her. It's basically her. Well, there's yeah. kind of two, I guess. Huh? Kind of. But then her husband was also kind of there, yeah, too. So he was, was there, but he was. She was it. He was she peripheral. was it. 
some good jump scares yep. and cool levels of creepiness had yep. a real slow burn to it. Yep. But little sprinklings of creep and weird kept you wanting to know more. Music score really got the story and the whole Western horror vibe. I loved the whole soundtrack and the whole music score on this fantastic ending. I actually really like, in fact, I really loved this movie. Mm. Was the demon real or not? No one will ever really know for sure. Nope. Was a strong meh for most of the movie, but the ending kicked it up a notch and it gets a low meh for a great, 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 great ending. It's a low meh? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a low mondo. Oh, so you said meh. You said low meh. I meant Mondo. It's a low Mondo. It was a high math through the whole movie, but it got a low Mondo. Got to a low Mondo. It okay, did. now that it's clear on what you... <laughs> now that I know what I'm saying. What yes. Do I, am I just learning this language? Give me a break. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're doing good, Jim. Someday, someday you'll have... A Full basic, comprehension. Uh, well, we're just shooting for a basic, uh, basic comprehension. Basic level of comprehension. Um, yeah. This movie was the wind drips with atmosphere and dread. The slow build is unsettling the whole way. It is the type of film I would accept. I would, I would accept. I would accept. I would expect myself to love. I know, right? But sometimes I surprise myself. <laughs> it's okay. Apparently there was too good a jump scares for you. Yeah, it was, it was just okay. I, I'm, I was watching it and I was like, why don't I like this more? And I can't even put my finger on it. I just don't know why I didn't like it more. Because it literally, if someone described, like, you're describing the movie to me, and I'm going, man, that sounds I must, awesome. I must have loved this movie. But then I actually saw it, and it was just okay. It was meh. Uh, see, I love this one. You love the Kaufman one. And both of them were kind of messy. Yeah, so well, there you go. Well, who would think a Western period piece would get a Mondo from me? Yes. Murray, what do you say? <laughs> Western period piece. No Are you thanks. wanting to see this? No. There you go. Unless there's gunfights, not really. Well, there's evil possession, which is always not fun. the same thing. Okay, so apparently you want me to talk about this next movie, so I will. Okay. What? Well, what is it? I, did it, I see it? It's called Mulan. Oh, right. <laughs> it uh, came out on Disney+. Plus. I can't believe you spent $30 on this. Well, let's, that, that might, you watched here's it? Here's another spoiler. It might be part of my rage. <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you this was going to make you rage. Okay. The, so, yeah. I mean, we all know what this movie is, uh, you know, from Disney. The story of a young Chinese woman who disguises herself as a man in order to save her father from having to serve in an impending war. So Disney charges $89.99 for a year and then charges for early access to Milan an additional $34.99. Wow. Really? That's nuts. Especially since while this was a pretty movie to look at, it was ultimately meh. It has very formidable cast with the likes of Chi Ma, Donnie Yen, and Gong Li. Oh, and I had to look twice, but is that Jet Li as the emperor? I sure hope so. Yeah, that's Jet Li. <sighs> This is another movie that should have been released on the big screen. First, as one of the major things that it had, uh, because of one of the major things it had going for it, was the top-notch cinematography. All in all, this was a good movie, but it wasn't great. The slickness of its production may fool you into thinking that it's better than it is, but don't get sucked in. Recognize that you're just watching a movie that is meh. Was Okay, so was there a talking dragon in it? There was no talking dragon. They played so it straight So it couldn't have been even a meh. It would have been a rage for me. Yeah, well, Without Eddie Murphy being funny. Yeah, you probably would have found it as a, a rage. Mushu, man. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was in Mulan? Yeah, he was Mushu. He was, he was Mushu. The only thing yeah. I haven't seen then. Yeah, go. good. Well, you should see the cartoon. I, would, I wouldn't even get this for free. When this comes out, I don't even know if I'll watch it. Eh, there's no need to. Any... Animated film that is turned into a live-action film makes no sense to me, and I refuse to watch them. Did you not see The Jungle Book? The original, but that was before The Jungle no, Book. No, the remake. I read the book you didn't watch before the I saw the movie. You didn't watch the live-action? The John Favreau one. Yeah, I did. It was go. good. It was... It was good. It was not great. It was one of the better... It was okay. It was pretty good. I was still mad. 
I wasn't mad. I didn't get to sing Bare Necessities. So. Well, see, that, oh, but, there you go. You, you know what? You could have sang Bare Necessities if you wanted to. I could do whatever I want whenever you I want. You could Except have, in the theater. At an appropriate time in the movie, gotten up at the front and just started singing Bare Necessities. I'm sure the crowd would have appreciated it. I do kind of look like a bear. They may there have you go. It. They would have thought it was part of the movie. <laughs> just stand in front of the screen. They'll be like, hey, it's the singing <laughs> hey, it's bear. it's the fat bear guy. <laughs> That's singing what, bare necessities. That's what more cartoon movies need is sing along in the audience. Exactly. There you but, go. but not live action. Not live action. All right. So let's move on. Let's do that. I'm falling asleep here. What? With all your movies. We are so entertaining today. <laughs> yeah, well, you watch too much stuff. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay, so this week, my rage, it's a little bit carrying forward from Bryce's rage from last week about what the fuck, Hollywood, why are you doing this to us? So this week, coming out, we have a choice of one movie, which isn't even being brought to us by mainstream theaters. It's being brought to us by our friends at The Globe. And... I have a feeling this was a little bit of a festival film, which we're going to go see. I'm kind of excited about it. I haven't been to the Globe for a bit, so that's exciting. But what I am not excited about is the three movies that we could have seen in mainstream cinema are all romance or rom-coms. So why? Why are you doing this to us? Why is there a glut here at the end of or I guess the end of summer, for lack of a better word, you're going to throw out all this crappy romance. And every single one could be the exact same plot as the other one. I don't even need to see who's in it. I don't need to read the plot. If it's a rom-com or a romance, I have no interest to go and pay money at a theater on the big screen to see that. I read the plots. They're very similar. They're very Exactly. It's like three of the same movies. It's like, who are you trying like? They're competing against each other. They could probably put them on top of each other and, and or play them all show one them all the same time. Play one the backwards and one forwards and the other one backwards and then the other one forwards. You could probably take the audio from one and just put it on the other one. And it's still probably <laughs> it'd, be exact, it'd be the exact same thing. So my rage this week is first off, romance and rom coms. They're all terrible. It's I would say maybe I've seen five in my life that I've actually thought were okay. That's good. That's a lot. Yeah. And, I've, and there's a ton of them that come out. Yeah, but... So that's my rage, but period to you that... Know, you should give them all a chance because you saw five that were okay. No, these ones are not going to be any good. But I you, already hate them. But I don't want to see them. But you haven't seen I'm sure them. they're not paying money at the theater to go see them. But you haven't seen them. I, I'm, I might see it for free, might, but I doubt it. You might love them. There may be something else. And they might make your top this goes this to the year. second part of my rage, There's which is two? apparently, yes. apparently oh. there is a movie called Slacks, yes. which is coming out this weekend it in the awesome. Toronto but, area. But only. the theaters in Calgary have decided we need to see three fucking romance movies and not get to see an awesome movie about demon-possessed slacks that kill people. That's just wrong. It's so wrong. Why would they keep that from us? I don't know. Who's making these decisions, Jim? If I was on holidays, I would fly to Toronto just to see this movie. Yeah. I would battle COVID to see a movie (laughs) about pants that kill people. Worth risking COVID. I almost... I almost see now my rage is just going to be even more heightened by the fact that there is a movie called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. And they could have taken a romance movie like that or whatever that movie's about and had a pants that kill them all. And then I would have been happy. There's a pair of pants that they that fit them all, even though they were all different like body <laughs> shapes and stuff. That's that not well, crazy. even slacks. It's, Look at the trailer. They all put on the jeans. And they all fit perfectly. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was so good. Magic pants. I'm telling you, the first one, pretty good movie. I will also tell you, though, avoid part two. (laughs) Not so good. (laughs) Not a problem. So romance, bad. Killer pants, good. Let's get some more killer pants. Here, here. What you got, baby? Well, Jim... Uh, if you have Disney Plus and want to watch Mulan, 
Just wait! Don't spend $34.99 as this movie can definitely wait until you can watch it for a reasonable price, or better yet, free. If you do not have Disney+, Plus, please do not su subscribe to purchase this for $34.99. Send a message to Disney that we demand value for our money and refuse to be gouged by this method of entertainment delivery. If this method is successful, I fear it will become the normal way of doing things, and that would just plain suck. And that's it. That's my rage. Bill and Ted is only 20 bucks. Yeah. And, and it you, was And you don't have to subscribe to Disney no, Plus I for don't. 90 bucks. I hate it. Nice. Although I do this has made me since I've raged about romances, this has actually made me very happy to know you spent $34 on a movie that I refuse to even pay a penny for. I must have more money than brains. You do have more money than brains, but well, that's kind of goes already. without saying. <laughs> I'm up. All right, nothing, and I mean nothing, takes me out of the enjoyment of a film like something ridiculous happening, either due to lazy writing or poor execution by the actors. Here then are some of the worst offenders. All right. Ooh. Starting with The Dark Knight Rises. Now, it's not one of Christopher Nolan's best, but at least I understood the plot of the film. <laughs> Agree with it? Not necessarily. Uh, okay, so Bane keeps the entire police force trapped underground. Why would you have every cop go to the tunnels in the same time anyway? That's just stupid. And then they are rescued. And they are rescued by Batman months later. When they emerge, they are all clean-shaven, unscathed, and still alive. Everybody packs a razor. After yeah. months of no food, no drinkable water, and they're able to fight Bane's entire army of thugs. Mm. Mm, indeed. <laughs> what? Next up, we have Gravity. Did that really happen? Yes, it really happened. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. Yeah, that was, me too. That sounds that, ridiculous. That, that really sounds happened. redonk, man. That's he sealed redonk. off every single e exit. Did from not the one person have a Kit Kat bar? Apparently, well, they they were going to search. They weren't bringing a, a lunch. <laughs> did they did they show them drinking each other's urine? They probably had to, yeah. All right. It, I wonder if you would... Okay, so would you drink your own urine or, like, if you had none left, would you drink mine? If I had to drink your urine, I'd probably drink your urine, whatever. Okay. I'm fine with it. I don't it. think I'd eat poo, though. I could uh, drink urine, like, all day long. Uh, well, Divine ate poo, and that was dog poo. Yeah, she survived. She survived. She was fine. Cool. All right, what y'all got, Mer? Sorry. The preceding announcement was not part of the Merman. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Okay, the second one is Gravity. No. This film won seven, count them, seven uh, Oscars. It's all right. Apparently, they didn't feel the need to consult any real astronauts. No, God, no, or physics or science at all. At the all. beginning of the film, when George Clooney uh, asked Sandra Bullock to let go of him because the rope will not hold them both, that could never happen because they're both in the same orbit around the Earth. All she had to do was just pull on the rope to bring him back. Yeah. Science. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, noted astrophysicist, agreed, saying Clooney's death was completely pointless. Yep. Other than giving Sandy Bullock the whole movie by herself after that. <laughs> Which she ruined, by the yeah. way. Next up, we have Tomb Raider. This is the original a Angelina the... Jolie version. Oh, okay. Uh, now, I actually like this film. Of course. Uh, but the whole plot was ridiculous. Yes. Uh, based on a video game, after all. Uh, Lara Croft's whole goal in the film is to destroy the triangles so the Illuminati can't use its evil power. And she kicks ass However, and punch dicks. after successfully getting the first half at the first tomb, she spends the entire third act trying to acquire the second half in order to destroy them both. Problem is, she has one piece already, and one half cannot work without the other one. She just has to destroy the first piece, and that's it. Uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. But... Um, yeah, so why doesn't she? Because then we wouldn't get to watch her kick ass. That's why. And punch dicks. That's right. And she does punch a lot of dicks. All right, next up we have Man of Steel. Now, one of my favorite movies and my second favorite Superman, next to Christopher Reeve, rest in peace. Uh, plot hole they chose, which I kind of find actually stupid petty, is this. 
Okay, so his skin is indestructible. But he's able to shave because he has a beard in one scene and then he doesn't have it in the next. Uh, now, if anybody had bothered to watch the TV show Lois and Clark, like I did, this is explained. Clark uses a mirror to reflect his own heat vision onto his face. That's how he shaves. That's the truth of Superman right there. Canon, people. I don't even know what Read you're talking about. Read the canon. About. What's the Lois and Clark? Lois and Clark <laughs> is Lois Landing. Is the truth of Superman. It's a TV show. Get with it, buddy. It, it was a TV it, show? It showed him shaving using his heat vision, which burned yeah, off the hair. Makes sense to me. Like I said, right. they, they didn't do the research. He's a razor. I don't know why it's even on this list. Okay, next up is Signs. Another film I liked. Ridiculous plot notwithstanding, but here's a glaring sense. one. Okay, so the aliens are afraid of and are killed by water. Yet, water. at the beginning of the film, Mel Gibson chases them through the cornfield, which is wet from dew. Come on, man. Weren't they wearing spacesuits? No. No, they weren't. They're naked. Huh. Next one is Kill Bill Volume 1. The main what? things about this film are pretty ridiculous. Least of all, how one woman with a sword kills all those bad guys. All 88 of them. I know, there aren't really 88 of them. But even if it's more than 20, that's pretty amazing. But even more phenomenal, after years in a coma, the bride's legs have atrophied. Never explained is how her arms, which she, which she drags herself along with, kills two men and propels a wheelchair, have not. That's and, a good point. And she's able to get into the, the wagon uh, hours later and drive that's because away. Her, that, her, would, that would be the pussy wagon. Yeah, that's, that's because her her uh, orderly, Chuck, who likes to fuck, yeah. actually was working her out sure. for the entire time she's yeah, in her coma. Whatever. Whatevs. And finally, Skyfall. Skyfall. This one gives me a special thrill. Mostly because, Daniel of, Craig. because of my Daniel disdain awesome. for Daniel Craig. Maybe the best James and Bond ever. And he was the ever. only he one is. of his that which I was dragged to see. But I didn't discover this problem. I'm just happily pointing Passing it out. Passing it along. When right. Q investigates Silva's com- uh, com- computer, he connects it to the MI6 network. Nobody who knows anything about computer security would ever do that. Because they had to check out the computer first. But this Q apparently is not that bright. Such a system would be investigated in strict isolation. Desmond Llewellyn would never do that. Ben Wishot, you are no Desmond. There you go. You have oh, it. I got it. There you go. That was so awesome. I know. Especially that you ended it with Daniel Craig. The wow. best Bond ever. Ever. Yeah, Whatevs. And he's super hot. Let's face it. If you say so. Well. I've got some surprises. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I don't like yes, surprises. I do. Surprises suck. All right. I got a doubted. I've got an undoubted. Yeah. And I've got a mesmerized. Oh, you know what I've got? Nothing. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I got stuff, though. Sometimes you got things in your pants, and sometimes you don't. Yeah, okay, not, not so this week. I am bringing forward someone that should have been on here a long time ago. And it was one of those domino things. When I picked up this domino and picked up another domino, I ended up on Aston Kutcher. So I'm going backwards from 2009, which I did not see this movie, but I'm going to assume it's a rage. It was called Spread. Didn't see it. And then there's 2009's Personal Effects, which was a rage. Didn't see it. Valentine's Day, which was a rage. Mmm... It wasn't Mondo, I can tell you that. No, it was. It was a rage. Yeah, okay, good. And then there was Killers, which was a rage. That was that was freaking awful. Yeah. That was beyond rage. No strings attached, which was a rage. Rage. New Year's Eve, and it you I might let you pass with a man on this, but it still made me rage. It was a rage. Okay, good. Jobs, which was a man when he played Steve Jobs. It was not a Mondo. It wasn't a Mondo. It was it was pretty good. I didn't I didn't But I, it wasn't it a Mondo. Was, it wasn't a Mondo. And then he did Annie, which was a rage. Actually Annie was meh. No, it wasn't. That's back to back miss. No, it Annie was not. How could you say that? Did you actually see the 2014 yes. Annie? It was a rage. It didn't even need to happen. They've made 20 other Annies before this. If you fucking give this Annie anything but a rage, you are a Biggest idiot I've ever met on the planet. Okay. For you to give Austin Kutcher a pass. Okay, I don't want you to pass out, Jim. I was I was just kidding. Thank the Thank 
the powers that be, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher is doubted. The remake of Annie was awful. It was terrible. And it didn't even need to happen. No, it did not. We've had too many Annies as it is. Yes. Thank the Lord. I felt right. my blood pressure. Ashton Kutcher I declare. is doubted. Don't he is doubted. And because we got to see her this week, yes. I'm putting up Tilda Swinton. As? And it might get not make it because of Bryce. But I'm going to put it out there anyway. All right. 2016, Doctor Strange, which was a Mondo. Meh. Okja was a Mondo. Mondo. War Machine was a Mondo. Mondo. Suspiria was a meh for me, but I'm guessing it might have been a Mondo, Mondo. for you. Mondo. Okay. Uh, the Souvenir was a Mondo. Souvenir. Oh, she had a bit part in that one. But she one. was in She's it. She's a mother. It was a meh. I didn't, I didn't. Okay. Well, Suspiria, was that a meh? No, that was Mondo. Okay. Um... This is where we might lose her. Oh, no. Yes, the Avengers it. Endgame, which for me was a meh. It made it for me because it was Mondo meh, but this could be a double meh for you. I want I can't give that other movie a man that was. Uh, this was also a meh. There you go. God damn it. And, but then it's going to come up anyway because The Dead Don't Die, which was a Mondo for me, I think was a meh for you. It was yeah, a meh for it. me. Yeah. She was Mondo. She was so good in it. She is mesmerized, so yeah. I think she's already on her mesmerized list. Yeah. So, and the personal history of David Copperfield was Mondo. a Mondo. Oh, so, so freaking close. Yeah, it's because you these, and these, your terrible choice in movies. Wow, these damn freaking superhero movies are killing some of these guys. Eh, the Dead Don't Die wasn't. It was a zombie movie. Yeah, that's kind of sucked. Yep. I was so. You didn't rage on anything. So. I love Jim Jarmusch, man. Love him. Yeah, and it was a Mondo, so and you, it was you not have to. A mondo. It was Super Mondo. Even Murray loved it. I did. And he doesn't like Jim Jarmusch movies. I don't know who he is. In fact, he hasn't even seen any. That's Dead right. Man. All right, and our final one on the mesmerized list I is. I feel bad. I want Tilda Swinton to be undoubted. Well, suck a bag of dicks, buddy, because it's not happening. So she's only. And been it's all thanks to you. Okay, what what what's the last two? The last two was After the Personal Avengers. History of David Copperfield and The Dead Don't Die. So she's oh, starting crap. with a meh, and then she's got a, and it was double meh back to back. Yeah. So, so but she's just but starting she's got, over. She's got she does meh, do a lot more movies these she's days. She's got meh mondo, so hopefully she'll release six <laughs> movies real quick and make some good choices. And because we talked about him last week, I'm bringing up, for Mesmerized, Crispin Glover. Oh. Glover, but yeah. <laughs> I would say that he is definitely mesmerizing. He is one weird dude. He is, but he's mesmerizing every time on screen. Willard was actually I I love that movie. I loved it. it was he'd so almost good. if it was just me, he'd be he'd be undoubted, but I know there's a few on there that There's yeah. That's, but what do you that, think, Murray? Is he sell. make it? Oh sure. Crispin Glover is mesmerizing people. Not sure equals mesmerized. That's right. It means Yeah, sure, why not? Sure. All right, that's it for this that, week. That's it for that. Okay. Alrighty. Last time on Rage or Dare, Bryce was lucky enough to pull the classic matchup of Warren Beatty and Madonna. Two amazing actors battling it out to see who can act better in this Warren Beatty directed masterpiece of modern comic dome. Here's a hint I think it'll be Warren. This week, Jim will have to pull gently out of Bryce's stanky bag of noxious. Toxic Foulness and Take a Dare, which I am sure will be way better and most likely not be a musical. Check with Bryce and see if he likes Dick. <laughs> Do you like Dick, Bryce? Alright. I've actually been, uh, I've watched this. I, I might have watched it like the next day or maybe even that night. <laughs> I think I might you were so excited. That. I was like, you know what? Because I wasn't sure if I'd watched it or, or not. And I I don't think... Well, I know that I hadn't because I would have remembered it. I saw it in a theater. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't think... I did I, too. I think this was the first time I'd watched it. Um, so let's start with the goodness movie. This was a fantastic looking movie. The city was stunning with a combination of miniatures and paintings. It was an absolute feast for the eyes. It was a comic strip come to life and I could have watched this whole movie with no sound and it would have been well worth my time. I cannot say enough about the look of this film. Although, if I would have watched it this with no sound, I would have missed out on the tremendous dialogue, especially from Big Boy Caprice, played by Al Pacino. Pacino got to do what he's become famous for. He got to chew up the scenery. A few of his memorable <laughs> lines in this were, 
You get behind me, we all profit. You challenge me, we all go down. There was Napo there was one Napoleon, one Washington, one me. I love that scene. <laughs> he also said, You've just said goodbye to oxygen, you silly, stupid cop. You refuse me? I offer you the keys to the kingdom, and you tell me you're an officer of the law? I am the law. Me. And who could forget when he said, Wait a minute. Wait. I'm having a thought. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to have a thought. It's coming. It's gone. It never came. <sighs> also fantastic. And this was Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles. Every time he was on the screen, I was either smiling or laughing. What a great character. <laughs> and now let's touch upon the rest of this unbelievable collection of talent known as the cast of Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we had Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy, the aforementioned Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles, and Al Pacino as Big Boy Caprice. We had William Forsyth as Flattop, Seymour Castle as Sam Catchem, Charles Durning as Chief Brandon, Mandy Patinkin as 88 Keys, Paul Sorvino as Lips Manless, Kathy Bates as Mrs. Green, Dick Van Dyke as D.A. Fletcher, Catherine O'Hara as Texie Garcia, and James Kahn as Spaldoni. This had more famous people in it than any movie ever made. James Kahn literally was in this for under two minutes, had one line, and then was killed off. That is how packed with talent this cast was. James Caan was killed off <laughs> was the lowest after of the low. delivering one line. Warren Beatty has a lot of famous friends. Apparently. As I touched upon before, I loved how this comic strip came to life before my very eyes. The villains were all, uh, all kind of grotesque and deformed, just like in the comic. And they were all played way over the top with glee by the actors who inhabited the characters. In contrast, the good guys in this story were a stark contrast to the excess of the villains. They all looked normal and were all completely played straight-laced. This movie was beautiful to look at. It had some extremely funny sequences. It had a lot of heart, and you could really tell the affection that Warren Beatty must have had for these characters. And now the bad. Well, hmm... Madonna was just okay as Breathless Mahoney. That's all I got for the bad. For the first time in history on Rage or Dare, this selection is getting a rating of Mondo and a well-deserved wow. Mondo at that. I cannot believe it took me this long to see Dick Tracy for the first time. But one thing is for sure, I will be watching this movie again and again. This was a lot of fun to watch. I genuinely thank you, Jim. I oh, love this movie. I hated everything I'm waiting for the punchline here. There's no, no punchline. No punch line. This movie was awesome. It was awful. It was so freaking Don't you remember good. seeing this in the theaters? Oh, man? yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so terrible. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It was awful. Well, Everything I about it. it. I Al Pacino was dumb. Everybody you, know what? you talked about. Anybody, like that remembers everybody's this, career. anybody that remembers this as not being good, watch it again. I'm telling you, Dick Tracy is a lot now, of fun. I saw it in the theaters, and I walked out going, what the fuck was that? And I will never see it again. This was a masterpiece. This may not be the only time this happens. It's the only time so far. It is so far. I'm kind of pleased that it did, though. I, I'm watching it. Honestly, I'm watching it, and I'm go, I'm going along, and I'm giggling, and I'm I'm just loving the, the 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 feast for the eyes, and I'm like, what is Jim talking about? Did he make a mistake? Is there a different no. Dick Tracy that I'm supposed no, to be no, watching? No, no, this is the one. Because this thing is awesome. No. I kept on expecting to go, okay, well, I'm going to give it a meh at least. But no, I couldn't because it was so, so good. Awful. So funny. I just loved it. Oh, loved it. That's great. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I just can't believe you liked that movie. So no, no, I didn't like it. I loved it. Oh, right. Get it, get it right. You loved it. <laughs> Mondo. Uh, Must have wow. been a lot of walking in it. Uh, okay, so I've got a pull from Bryce's bag of juice. Juice. That one? Is this your juicy bag? My juicy bag. There's not much. Why have you got the least amount of juice? Did you not do your full I don't job? Know. No, I did the full job. Apparently not. Well, everything's stuck together. Okay, well, right. just like everything that's in your bag. That's why it looked like so little. Oh, I'm kind of excited about this. All right, what are we watching? I, you, I should say, what are you watching? What am I watching? I am getting to watch Melissa McCarthy and The Boss. 
I could not be more excited about this. I'm glad you're excited about this. I'm going to like this almost as much as you liked Dick Tracy. I would wager that that is not going to be Because Peter truth. Dinklage is in it. Yes, he is. And Kirsten Bell's in it. Yep. And Melissa McCarthy's in it, as well as Kathy Bates, who is also in Dick Tracy. Yes. Oh, and Christian Stahl is in this. There you go. Even better. I cannot wait. I he may think. just return the favor. I can't wait. All right, then. It's unwatchable, Jim. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's not. All right. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks, the Extended Film Rage crew of Lander Collins for his artistic footage and photography via Lander Collins Photography. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Tuner, Stitch, and iHeartRadio. Bramble. We're on Bramble now. And Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for our listeners, so please comment often, and please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.